Hi folks, welcome to Podcaster and Haas. This is going to be a rambly episode because this is going to be one of those quick fire episodes uh, of things I've watched and just and, and have thoughts about, but just not enough to do like full episodes about because essentially like I just have like a few words and then I just want to move on. Uh, this isn't like the yesterday's lingo episode, although it has been building up. Uh, so this is a miscellaneous episode, a very rare breed of episode. Uh, first thing is first, I wanted to uh, say The Traitors is now on Peacock with Alan Cumming. And I did my best to binge all of the show. I'm going to just highlight and try and bold, even this is an audio show, tried to. The Traders is the hot new reality format. We have talked about this show before on many episodes, from the Australian version to the UK with Claudia. And surprisingly enough, it's exactly the same as the UK uh, episodes because it's the same castle, same challenges, same production team, and pretty much everything other than the host. Instead of Claudia, it is Alan Cumming. And Alan Cumming is going into it more like a theatrical maze master from the Crystal Maze situation, where there's a lot of Scottish garb, a lot of posh Scottish, basically somebody who tried to put into role what is the character of someone who lives in a Scottish castle, which I think is really top tier. He looks really great. The challenges are exactly the same as it was on the trailer. The exact same twists from you can recruit somebody to uh, you have uh, to put three up on the block have also been replicated in this season, right down to the finale of the you have to vote out all the traitors in the truth by fire finale uh, situation. And after watching the original, like, well, I say the original, I mean, they're the same time, the same challenges and everything, it's kind of weird. Now, in this version, the American contestants live in the house. Uh, the others had to go to a hotel room, uh, which made it a little faster, but maybe, just maybe, that's because they had to film two at the same time. And they were just, re like, replicating the exact same challenges and everything together. I, I don't know, but, I mean, they used the same production, they used the same challenges, if you're going to cheapen the show, and I hate to put in air quotes cheapen because it's still a good show. If you're going to cheapen it, you just do everything at the same time and just rinse repeat. So both episodes have the same challenges, practically even at the same day, if they could. Uh, or if not, they just rinse repeat, clean up the walls and replicate all the challenges at the same time. Uh so what makes this show very weird, and this is the thing that was boggling me today, they put all the episodes out at the same time. All the episodes, I think there's 12, of, of the Traders is available on Peacock, which means, theoretically, you can binge it all in one go. And, I mean, for many people, that's the way to watch a, a, a great a television show is to binge it from beginning to end. I'm saying this as a game show aficionado, a reality show expert, and someone who really actually likes the series. You don't binge The Traitors. The Traitors is not a bingeable show. What BBC did was they put like three episodes out, took a break for next week, another three episodes, took a break, another three episodes, took a break, final three episodes. And it was good because with the 
by taking little breaks and just doing one episode a day, they actually try to uh, drum up social media buzz for this show. So you had people talk about the show like, oh, who's going to be eliminated this episode? Oh, have you seen The Traitors yet? This is a cool show. Hey, you know, so-and-so is a traitor. Is he going to survive uh, the roundtable this week? Is so-and-so going to get murdered this week? And there's going to be none of that with this. And that is such a drop-the-ball moment by Peacock. It feels to me, and this is just a feeling, they don't have faith in The Traitors. They probably saw this season and went, eh, we'll see what we can do. Can we sell this to the BBC, which they did today? Maybe they're going to put it on Australian television just to get another season, just to get more buzz for the show, to see if it does warrant a second season. Uh, the challenges are fine. I think the challenges to try and build the quarter million dollars is just wasteful. It does nothing to the show. I would rather they just play simply for the immunity and the little crest or clues as to who may or may not be a traitor and see if that can play into the game. I've done a whole review for the traders earlier, uh, so I'm not going to repeat myself again because it's essentially the same thing. If they want to cheapen the show, uh, put it in a hotel room, drop the challenges, uh, and just make it from a day cycle to a night cycle. And they even screwed that up with the editing by some of the episodes. There is no trader discussion. That happens at the beginning of an episode, which annoyed the hell out of me because the BBC edit points pretty much made sure it was you see the daytime all the way to the nighttime with each passing episode. So it feels like there was only 12 days of this challenge versus what amounts to random timing. Um, less time? Who knows? Uh, which makes it just a little bit more uh, irksome, I would say. The contestants being reality stars, I do not mind. I think, essentially, it's it's a cheaper celebrity version, which is how the original uh, Verauders format uh, had. And at the same time, because these are for, like reality show contestants, they're very aware how to be a reality show contestant. They're very aware of what to do when in a uh, in a uh, in a challenge where where they where blocking works, what to really say in a conference. Like if you're going to do a tribal council, hey, someone's from Survivors on the show, so they kind of know how to do a social game. Uh, in the case of a confessional. You have some people from Big Brother, and you have some people from The Bachelor on, which also helps in that regard. So, in many ways, getting those did help. By getting, like, new people, that also kind of added a bit of refreshing uh, mix to the game. But at the same time, now you're not watching the traders for these new people, who might be the breakout star of the show... And now you're watching because, oh, Cody is on and, oh, Rachel is on. And you're just watching reality show people play this game. And at the same time, if it's all out, what most people will probably do is watch the first episode to get a feel for who the traitors are and then skip straight to the final episode so they know who wins. So there's no reason for an audience to get invested in the middle 10 episodes. And when you spend so much money on challenges and production, you're going to have the hugest dip in viewership by doing so. 
And that to me is also one of the biggest travesties to come out of the traders. So, is traders worth your watch? If you like reality shows, sure, it's still a okay show. Should it get a second season? Yes, but it needs a lot of tweaks. Is it worth the price of a Peacock admission? No, <laughs> not at all. But if you have a Peacock subscription, maybe you're a big fan of WWE, I mean, you already have Peacock, so give it a try. I mean, there's not a lot of things on the Peacock as it is, but uh, there is a little bit of cleverness in some of the challenges, and there still is the thing that people really love on reality television, those confrontations that people love in reality television and by getting reality show stars and having a format that's essentially just that confrontation over and over again, you get some very entertaining arguments. But some of it is also a little bit too over the top to the point of you kind of just tune yourself out. Uh, especially, I think, episode five or six. It's the one where they have the choir challenge and then afterwards. That one was just... Ugh. Um, but hey, it's available, it's out now, and most likely you've already seen the season. Uh, that's it. I hope they pick up the BBC rights and put them on Peacock, just so you can have another season to feel uh, what happens. Uh, do you want the spoilers? The traitors win. I'm spoiling the damn show. I don't care. Uh... Next, uh, if you're talking about Peacock, you know, uh, there's talks about this WWE being sold. You know, it's going to be sold by the Saudis, or, or it's going to be the cons, or it's going to be Comcast, or it's going to be this. Um, already, I have uninstalled WWE 2K. Uh, I'm, I uninstalled it mostly out of protest for having Vince back in the company. I think that was the worst mistake they could have done. And I think that's going to push back a lot of people who wanted good faith back into WWE because that's American pro wrestling. All this does is not get people invested in AEW, and Tony Khan needs to probably work on it because currently he's juggling two different uh, feds between ROH and AEW. He also has a football team, and a soccer team to worry about. So he's a bit of a juggler right now, and I think the products are a bit slipping. Uh, and now the rumor of, hey, maybe he's going to buy WWE. No, if that's the case, that's not good for a company, because now just like what WWE did with WCW, you have just one mega comp owning most professional wrestling. And even if the guy's a cool guy, that doesn't give different creative challenges. So you need to have... A variety, as it were. Um, so, so that I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, a follow-up here. I think if anything is either going to be Comcast or it's going to be the Saudis, because Saudis will throw whatever money they can, and Vince is a maniacal maniac. They'll cash in as much money as possible just to stay in power. When it comes to something like Comcast, it makes sense because Peacock has the, the, the library and then you don't have to really renegotiate the USA Network contract. But at the same time, it's Comcast and NBC has been dropping the ball every time. So every day is going to be a new episode of this drama. If you're a wrestling fan, it's going to be fine. But just remember, Vince is still in control of WWE for now. And as long as he's still with the company, I don't care for the company. It sucks because I was so invested in watching the Royal Rumble, because that's my favorite match staple every year. But 
I don't know anymore. Next, uh, speaking of wrestling, AEW came to Los Angeles. It was a lot of fun. I watched that week's ep- this week's episode, and I went, wow, the trios match was great. The Brian Danielson match was great. A lot of it was just kind of boring, though. And, like, even MJF's promos kind of sucked. I just, what, I, I don't know if it's just because I was out of the loop for a few months, but, um, it, it, it just felt like sloppy professional wrestling. This, this felt like the episode of Thunder from WCW right around 2001 versus what would, should be, like, Nitro, right? So I just, I don't know. I really don't know if, if it's just me. But hey, I was excited to see a Freddie Prince Jr. and Gina Darling, formerly a G4. That was pretty cool. Um, that was that was actually one of the better moments. Uh, but uh, if you really care about what's going on with Warner Brothers Discovery, let me tell you, it's a hell of a mess. They're selling off their catalogs. They're getting rid of shows. But yet... They have new shows available right now, including Velma. Velma, the new Velma show. All right, so I just want to just, before I go into this review, I'm just going to quickly say I didn't like it. I actually almost venomously hate it. Two, it's not because Velma's black. It's not because of the, I don't like that men right kind of bullshit on YouTube. I hate that shit. I'm looking at it just on a creative standpoint. Velma is basically an under-attempt at Scooby-Doo, but it's more adult. It's an adult Scooby-Doo, because Velma might be gay and black. And, like, I understand you want to have a black Velma. It feels like they had another show idea about, like, what if the, like, like, a supernatural high school with maybe a black cast... And then somebody pitched it to Warner Brothers. They passed on it, but they said, if you rewrite as Scooby-Doo, we'll pick it up. And someone bent the knee and made this god-awful show. It feels like the kind of thing where it's like, well, I had this show idea, but I need money. So I'm going to say, sure, let's make it fucking Scooby-Doo. It's actually good, actually, because it's an IP. So it's like, I'm working on Scooby-Doo. It sucks. It's not a good show. It is, it's like if you watch the Harley Quinn cartoon and think it's about the Joker. Like, it's that shitty. When Harley Quinn, as you know, has a wonderful romance story with uh, with uh, Poison Ivy, there's King Shark, played by Ron Funches. There's lots of hilarious jokes about Gotham City and the need for mental care. And there's even jokes about Batman and Nightwing and Robin and pretty much everybody in the Bat family at the same time. And what the hell is, like, Wayne Core? It, it, it's actually a very funny, comedic show. Someone probably saw that and went, we can do that with Velma. We can have gory, violent murders in a mystery, but no Scooby-Doo. And also, we're going to have Shaggy be unaware of what 420 is. As it's said in a high school. He doesn't smoke weed. So there's your joke. Shaggy, maybe it's going to be a storyline for this season. It's Shaggy eventually does the weed. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, but it, it, it's just the writing sucks. It's a lot of the, um, 
Remember how he said a long time ago, I hate snarky snark writing? That, heh, well, if you don't think so, <laughs> kind of shit. This is full of that joke. Over and over. It's that kind of everyone's stupid but me kind of humor. And it, that doesn't make it a smart show. That just makes it feel like the audience shouldn't care. This is the audience, like... You'll fucking watch anything, you dumb pieces of shit. I'm Vilma. Fuck you. That, that's the kind of reaction. And I understand you want to have a certain audience that you're going to push back on a few people. And maybe, just maybe, the point of some of the jokes, one of which was, what is 420 slang for adults who watch cartoons? It's like, yeah, because, you know, there's going to be adults who watch cartoons who are going to watch Velma. And they're going to complain about this, so you're trying to get the three steps ahead. I get the joke. At the same time, though, you're trying to do a more riskier, adult-oriented Velma kind of show. So that's also the kind of audience you're trying to grab. And you're trying to have your cake and eat it, too, with that kind of joke. And most likely, it, it probably like went through three drafts, and then they went, sure, fuck it, we, we, we don't care. This, this could probably get thrown out. It's um, kind of disappointing. And it's Mindy Kaling as uh, Velma. Now, I, I will say this. I don't think Mindy Kaling's jokes are that funny. I don't think Mindy Kaling writes these jokes. I don't think Mindy Kaling uh, proofreads a lot of the material. I think she's just there for an easy paycheck. You're Velma. Here's like 100 grand for a season. And she's way better at stand-up comedy. I will say Mindy is a better stand-up comedian. Mindy is a great actress. A lot of her material is kind of like this, and it just doesn't fit. <laughs> That's It's the Mindy Kaling comedy, but it's Mindy Project, but horror, but not spooky horror, more like true crime murder mystery, but in the high school still. They still are trying to go for the high school scenario with writing that doesn't feel like they know what high schoolers today sound like even though they're aiming for today high school kids complete with the tiktoks complete with the clicks complete with uh daphne uh being like uh an arrogant uh you know uh posh lady i hate to say posh but that's kind of the only word i can think of and they don't get along, but eventually they will get along because that's how a cartoon like this works. So they're aiming for the gradual of a season arc. Obviously, that's what they're aiming for. The first episodes came out. It's just, it sucked. If this is how Velma works as a show, it's just terrible. I think a show like Velma would have worked better if it was one and done serialized murder mysteries. And you kind of just go through the Scooby-Doo antics. That's just me. You could have sh a fucking high Shaggy go, I don't fucking know. Hey, got any uh, hamburgers? Like, something like that would be just a lot more in the spirit of Scooby-Doo. And this just feels like, um... This just feels like one of those, like, this is like the Lunatics Unleashed. This is the, this ain't your mommy's uh, Looney Tunes. This is the motherfucking Looney Tunes Unleashed, and they're in, they're in your face, Extreme. Like, that's the kind of sh shit. It's like the Archie Extreme Mysteries all over again. 
It's it's like supernatural. No, not supernatural. Uh, what is it? Riverdale. If you're a fan of like Archie comics and then Riverdale shows up and you're just like, wait the fuck, this isn't the Archie comics though. This is just sort of just like this, the horror stories. I mean, that's one genre of it, but what? That's what Velma was like watching this first episode. Um, will, there ha will they have an audience? Probably people who hate themselves, followed by people who are probably a little bit a... Uh, I'm not going to say social justice warrior kind of people, but I would say the kind that are the terrible kind of social justice, where, where it is, you if you do not like this show, you are racist or you are homophobic, when I think this is a very terrible uh, presentation of what LGBT should look like, in my regards. And this is definitely a terrible encapsulation of what... Uh, let's just say a black Velma would be <laughs> like, I, I think you could have just had a smart ass Velma and just called it a day and have it be black. And people would be like, yes, that's what I want. And instead they went with a uh, self deprecating almost. The, I think the right, you know what I think it is. And then I'll move on for, to the final subject. I think what happened was they had a show in mind. Like I said, they pitched it to Warner Brothers, and they rewrote it to be a Scooby-Doo thing with Velma, and they took the knee because easy paycheck. They got the writers to write the show for the paycheck. Obviously, everything's for the money. And they figured no one's going to watch this, and this is definitely going to get canceled. So let's just do the bare minimum. Bare minimum effort. That's the thing that pisses me off. It's the bare minimum jokes, bare, bare minimum kind of situation in the stories it just feels like they do not care and if you have any ounce of caring about these characters or any ounce of what are the stakes in this uh show and why does velma talk like that they're doing the south park well fuck you you care about something approach and it it just screams arrogance in a way that isn't the message of velma the message of Velma should be nerdy girl, can't fit in, does these mysteries, wants to be liked, has issues, can't find herself, and we develop. It, 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 it just doesn't go into those blocks, and that, to me, is what makes this such a disappointing mess. I do suggest you skip Velma. This is as bad as Titans. Finally... This is the final uh, of of this uh, chat block. Uh, so uh, coming up this week is the Last of Us TV show. I haven't seen it yet. Obviously, it's not out yet. People have been saying this is going to be the best thing, best show, all that. I just want to end this episode with my bold prediction for Last of Us. Here it is. The Last of Us is going to be okay. Chernobyl was a fine show. Okay. HBO Watchmen is going to be comparison to this. I think the show is going to do very well. People are going to like it. They're going to compare it to the likes of the Witcher series on Netflix. They will compare it to uh, House of the Dragon. It'll be the must-see TV event for a while because it probably will be. And... There will be, of course, people saying, I didn't like the show. I don't like Ellie. She's annoying. I don't like Joel. 
they're going to go through all the rigmarole. You're going to have your, your usual contrarian opinion of The Last of Us isn't good. Or maybe it sucks, and then everyone's like, well, actually, it's really good. But I'm leaning towards it's going to be a good show, and people are just going to be like, hey, I like it. And you know what? It's okay to not like The Last of Us. I, I don't see, like, we need to have a, a big fight over, hey, why don't you like the new TV show? <laughs> Who cares? It's a video game turned into a TV show. What you're going to see being the real kind of debate is, this is better than the video games. Well, the video game is better than the TV show, and here's 20 reasons why it is. And you're going to get all these gamers pissed off. You're going to get all these TV fans pissed off. There's going to be some show of shitty war over a video game turned TV show. And there are going to be people who are going to be like, this is actually a really good, this should get an Emmy nomination. Well, it, what about the video game? As if they are anywhere related. They're, the only thing related is the theming, disaster approach, Joel and Ellie. And trying to find each other, because that's the main message of, you know, finding yourself in the middle of pain, like all that good stuff. Uh, it is going to end up being an okay I think it's going to be fine. I think The Last of Us is going to be good. People are going to love it. And then you're going to have your detractors. But the worst detractors are going to be the... I hate to say, like, the gaming... Uh, the gaming press. Because I don't think they forced themselves into this. It's going to be the YouTubers. The gaming YouTubers. Anybody that's cheap on content doing the... Oh, well, The Last of Us games are better than the TV show because this had this. Or, well, this is better because there's no political agenda. Like, that kind of horseshit. That's what we're going to see with The Last of Us. But I, I'm, I'm leaning towards it's going to be good. It's going to end up getting the nominations next Emmy season. And then it's going to lose to Succession or some shit. Like, that's, that's how it's going to go. Um, but for now... I'm excited about The Last of Us. I want to see how they handle it. Worst case scenario, it's like the Netflix Resident Evil TV show where people are going to be like, oh, wow, oh, and then they fall asleep or something. <clears throat> that's it. So that's going to do it for this episode of a podcast with Jordan Haas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for another episode coming out sometime. Until then, uh, make sure to tell your friends about the show. Like it on the uh, on the podcast networks. Follow me on Twitter if it's still going to exist at Jordha. And uh, this is going to be it for a little bit. Uh, I'll be playing some Fall Guys later, as I usually do around this time. And maybe some more gaming videos. Who knows? Uh, until then, join my Discord. All that good stuff. Jordan Haas. Signing off.